Welcome to Space the Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flanner. This is our 21st official episode. When is the NBA trade deadline? NBA trade, de- trade deadline is on February 7th. Today is January 20th, so we're 17 days away. That's it's kind of soon. I mean, it's approaching I, quickly. I guess we could be doing this episode next week or the week yeah. after. But I feel like that news would have already happened and it's more fun to predict what is going to happen yeah and and, and the closer so the closer today. we get the more likely it is that there's going to be a trade right just because the trade deadline is on february 7th doesn't mean that every trade that's going to happen is going to be on the 6th or the 7th right so so by this point in the next week or two we might be covering trades that already happened instead of looking forward based on rumors so, so let's speculate let's speculate let's speculate for now we've got rumors to work with let's start off with talking about Dennis Smith Jr., who you may or may not have heard, um, but I guess that in a situation that I guess is sort of comparable to Kawhi Leonard almost, seems to be sort of sitting out from the Dallas Mavericks games with a quote-unquote injury, but it, the, but it according, seem, you know, Okay, it doesn't seem that extreme, however, yeah. there was one thing that said that Dennis Smith earlier in the day when he was out sick for, and missed a game, that... He tweeted on Twitter about meeting a fan at lunch that day, like out and about, which is like, is Dennis Smith, is Dennis Smith Jr. going out to lunch when he's sick? Yeah. And like missing a game because he's sick? I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's really a thing that would actually happen. So that that's the only real red flag. Other than that, I would say players miss stretches for weird reasons. I don't know necessarily what to put stock in to that, but I think it's a topic. It's definitely something that we should keep an eye out for, especially since we've seen that Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. Luka Doncic has kind of been setting the world on fire. However, he's also taking away touches from Dennis Smith Jr. and their for play sure. and their play styles don't necessarily match too well. Going into season, we would have hoped and we would have probably predicted that this might be one of the best backcourts going forward you know for the foreseeable future but it hasn't i would say really worked out because like you said luca is becoming a, a star right now in the nba you almost said superstar mm-hmm. okay continue i didn't mean to yeah luca's not a superstar yet continue. That'll, that'll happen continue but, but um but that is in a way sort of hurting dennis smith jr because dennis smith jr what dennis the, smith jr can't play off the ball I wouldn't say that he can't, but he doesn't want to. And I would say he can't because he doesn't really have a jump shot. He doesn't throw, and he has a, he he has somewhat of a jump shot, but it's not consistent enough to be like lights out when when not even lights out. I just don't think that you want Dennis Smith Jr. taking catch and shoot threes in your offense. Yeah, D- yeah. D- Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be a guy like Luka Doncic who thrives in like sort of an ISO heavy or like being the the ball handler in a pick and roll scenario like mini westbrook they, except like not as good yeah essentially I, so 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 i think that what we're trying to get at is that the situation is that that both of these guys need the ball in their hands and are being and i think that dennis Smith jr is being a little bit more selfish and a little bit more like hurt than maybe we would have thought by the fact and, and not as willing to adjust to the fact that he's got another ball handler on the team yeah i also noticed that when luka Doncic has hit like all these buzzer beaters Dennis Smith Jr. hasn't always been hyped. If if you just pay if you just pay attention to Dennis Smith Jr., there was one point at like halftime where Luca hit a halftime buzzer beater that was a crazy shot, and just 
like three of his teammates ran to help him up and the fourth was dennis smith jr and i was like man that's 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 kind of notable so dennis smith jr is the one guy in the court that didn't help him up yeah yeah all right essentially that that was like the one time where like lebron high-fived three of the other teammates on the court and then didn't high-five isaiah thomas (laughs) i love that that was so funny so yeah so this so this situation is basically that Dennis Smith Jr. and the Mavericks sort of have this like mutual animosity and want to want to part ways. It's it seems like it's gonna happen. And whether you, it's you would this, say you would say it seems like it's gonna happen. The reports are saying that they both want to part ways. So are they gonna part ways at some point? Yes. I don't is know. It I don't know, I don't know be, if it's a lock. I don't is know. Is it gonna happen before February seventh? I don't think so. Or, or, sorry, I don't I don't know so. I didn't I didn't mean I don't think so. I think it I think there's a very good chance it will. That's not what I meant to say. I don't know. But like Dennis Smith Jr., even though like in my eyes he's definitely overrated, guy, th- he, he's kind of valued around the league to where yeah no 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 no, no, 100%. no, no, no I'm saying valued around the league to where he's kind of hard to move because the Mavericks want a lot back. I don't think that they do, they, they they do that want that much back though. The whole league knows at this point that Dennis Smith Jr. wants out. That the Mavericks want Dennis Smith is Jr. That, out. I feel yes. like you're exaggerating. No no no. A tweet came out that said that Dennis Smith Jr. A report came out that said that Dennis Smith Jr. didn't want that, that it wasn't necessarily that Dennis Smith Jr. is even injured right now, that he could be back, but that he doesn't want to play for the Mavericks. Okay. Dude. Okay. What, okay. What's I'm, going I'm on? not saying he's the not going to be traded. I just don't think it's Dennis a Dennis Smith Jr. has a high trade value. He's a good young point guard. And the, there are teams out there like the Knicks, the Suns, the Magic that need a good young point guard. If you're None a of team, those teams have had a point guard in a minute. Exactly. So there aren't necessarily that many teams out there that need a point guard because a point guard is an important t- piece in a team that you're going to be rebuilding yeah like every but, good nba team right now yeah has a very good point guard or has a point guard that they want to become their point guard yeah they have a they have a franchise point guard or one that they're looking for except for the knicks the suns the magic even guys like man the the hawks and the cavaliers drafted like collins X and trey young so so they, that's what i mean by like they want them to become their franchise point guards um man we got frank nilakino what are you talking about <laughs> but is frank even a but frank is like six seven so is frank even a he's more like a shooting guard almost yeah but i, I saw he this, doesn't really I have the this, point guard skill i, I saw know. this thing that like emmanuel moutier has started like 90 something games for the Knicks over the past two years and they've won like seven of those games or something like that to, like I feel like people <laughs> overlook Frank Nilakina so much. I understand he like isn't good at offense. All right, real quick, real quick. Do you wish right now that we would have t- that we had taken Dennis Smith Jr. Okay, like, for the past th- two or three years, I've always been that guy that's like, Nah, Dennis Smith Jr. isn't that good. We got Frank. We're chilling, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think that Frank is going to be a better player down the line, or that the Knicks should have drafted dennis Mm -hmm. dennis smith jr instead however i just feel like his offense needs to improve so much yeah no he's still got a long way to go um but then again i think dennis smith jr i don't think you can win with dennis smith jr as like your second best player or something no no but but also the same thing is definitely true for frank nilakina yeah i know but frank Frank nilakina doesn't have that frank nilakina is going to develop into probably an elite perimeter defender and a very valuable role player, but and that's that's something that you that's good to get at the eighth or ninth pick or wherever we took him. But could, but we as a Knicks team that we we could we could use some more scores. I don't want uh, Dennis Smith Jr. on my roster though. It's the same thing. You like don't? I don't want Lou Williams, like a younger Lou Williams, to be my future. No, like like, like 
our second ep- ever episode. But we had we had this conversation where I was like, I'd rather have Tobias Harris than Lou Williams because Lou Williams, while he scores more, he's such he's a less high versatile. Usage. No, he's just he's a high usage player that isn't good enough to warrant the amount of usage that he gets. I think Dennis Smith Jr. is the same. But that's thing. why they play him off the bench, right? That's why Lou Williams comes in and carries your bench unit. Okay, so, but so Lou Williams. No, yeah, that, so that's why I take... didn't think he should be an All Star last year. Fair, enough, but that's like, a different conversation. Okay, but. Uh, okay, but Going back to the main point, I'm saying Dennis Smith yeah. Jr. He like doesn't have the skills to be as ball as ball dominant as he is. Not saying he's not good. Of course he's good. Well, but okay, I just so, don't think he he's as ball dominant so, to where that will lead to wins down the line. So they handed over. So last year, essentially, they gave they gave uh, Dennis Smith Jr. the wrench to the offense a little bit, and we're kind of like, go do your thing. This year, that role has flipped over to Luka Doncic, and Dennis Smith Jr. sort of been left a little bit in the dust. Like, okay, so what do I do now? So, there's a high probability that at some point, whether it be at the trade deadline this offseason, at some point, that the Mavericks and Dennis Smith Jr. will be parting ways because Dennis Smith Jr. is a point guard that can be someone that you develop around and that you let lead your offense, be your most ball-dominant player, maybe, moving forward. And, and for a team that could use a point guard, I think that he might be worth the risk. I don't and want depending, my trading for him. All right, that's a different conversation. But, but but depending on how much you can get back f- for him, the Mavericks I think will be quick to pull that trigger because things haven't been haven't really worked out beyond just the on court play. But because Dennis Smith Jr. is actively unhappy there. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, and we we both have written down that the Magic Suns and Knicks could be interested mm-hmm. in Dennis Smith Jr. I do not want my Knicks to trade for him just because I think like. We're gonna have to give up some assets that the Knicks, that their management is going to give up that they shouldn't. Yeah, because they're the Knicks. But I would love to see Dennis Smith Jr. on the Mavericks. I would. Dennis Smith Jr. on the Mavericks. Oh, sorry, sorry. On sorry, the sorry. Magic. On the Magic. Yeah. So, um, so what would what would you give up? Something, somebody like Evan Fournier. Um, the, I th- Aaron I, Gordon. I think I heard the you Mavericks know? want Evan Fournier. I wouldn't be surprised. Evan Fournier is having a little bit of an off season, but as a three point shooter and as a scorer at the two guard position, he's, he's pretty good. Put the ball in the basket, and, and especially he, if you run, he reminds me of like Jeremy Lamb. Just he like doesn't that kind of caliber, like scoring, but like not like that that good. Yeah, like a step below Chris Middleton without I, the defense. I, I think that uh, that he while while Evan Fournier can still score with the ball in his hands, he doesn't necessarily need to be an ISO heavy or like yeah exactly ball handler kind of player. He can also be a catch and shoot or like spot up player. Totally. So so he might fit a little bit better. Um, and especially if part of the thing is Mark Cuban said before this he said like last season we're gonna tank for one year, get a high draft pick, which became Luca, and then we're gonna try to win again. We're just gonna try to jump right back into playoff contention. So right now they're a fringe playoff team, but if you could get somebody like Evan Fournier who's going to help you win right now, that's something that that Mavericks front office would be looking for, for better or worse. That's that, that they're looking to win right now, and so if they could get for somebody who's not even playing for them right now in Dennis Smith Jr., if they How could many get somebody. Have missed? I don't know. I don't think it's more than five. Maybe not. I don't. I have no idea. But if you get somebody back. That's gonna help you win right now. I think, the, I think the Mavericks would be quick to do that. Also, I think they really need to improve their bench. Like their bench yeah, has yeah, kind yeah. of been overperforming this year, but that just like kind of. Hey, but puts JJ Barea is out. That yeah, that's true. He's out for the J- rest of the season. But also, that's another thing. Is like with JJ Barea out, you don't have your backup point guard of the last decade. 
JJ Bray has been with this Mavericks team forever. Yeah. He's always been their backup point guard, it feels like. So now you don't now if you get rid of Dennis Smith and you don't have JJ Perea. Who is your point guard? I guess you're running Luca, which kinda makes sense. That'd be cool. I, I wanna see that. He already kinda is in a way. Because he's yeah. one of the best passers in the league already. And he's one of the best ball handlers in the league already. But it, but then, then you know, I don't know. You, you really don't have a true point guard, I guess. Which, J.J. Braille will be back, but a torn Achilles is like... That's what that's what DeMarcus Cousins season. is coming back from. He's out from the season. DeMarcus Cousins is coming back from a torn Achilles. It's going to be a while for J.J. Braille. Yeah. And and he's not young either, so it's not going to be necessarily like a quick recovery or he's going to come back strong or anything. Yeah, but I, so I we'll just think that the Mavericks, while it seems tempting to go for like Evan Fournier... Well, I, I guess like Evan Fournier it would be a good piece to get back but i think they need to get a couple pretty good players to kind of boost their bench because yeah. right now like off the top of my head i don't i can't name the backup one two three four five for the mavericks like it's it they, they're just they're overperforming this year to where they're not horrible as a bench unit however they just don't have the talent and i don't think they can keep that up to where that's gonna help you get into the playoffs if you're thinking like mark cuban or rick carlisle yeah. All right. Also, like uh, last thing, I, I'd like to see Dennis Smith Jr. on the on the Magic because I think he would get a lot of touches, and because they have like a bunch of defenders that would surround that they could surround him with, which would kind of like enhance his play. That's that's. Let's talk. Let's talk it. about a little bit because there's definitely been a lot of rumors surrounding the Magic that they might do something at that trade deadline. Because I think that the most the thing that stands out the most, two things really. One is they need a point guard, and Dennis Smith Jr. might be an easy solution to that problem because he's clearly being shopped around. The other thing is that if you look at the uh, Orlando Magic roster, they got a lot of big guys, right? Yeah, that's true. Jonathan Isaac, who's a small four. They got a lot of front court players. Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, Nikola Vucevic. Those might be like their four best four, players. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe maybe Evan Fournier in there too. But like those are some of their very best players on the roster. And they're all big guys. Yeah. So, and, and I think all of those guys are pretty valuable. And Aaron Gordon, out of those guys, they didn't draft Aaron Gordon. So I think that that front office was not going to be necessarily very committed to keeping Aaron Gordon because he's not their guy. That's true. That's true. I they did just draft. They just drafted Mobamba, so I think they'll keep him. Definitely. Nikola Vucevic. Depending, I, was, I was. I was wondering. He's. He could act right now. He could play maybe on a role. A role like maybe Brooke Lopez is playing for the Bucks, like somewhere else, like on I a agree. contending team. I agree with that. So, but but he's had a good enough season that you might have to give up something pretty good to get Nikola Vucevic. Like you might have to give up a first rounder because he's had he's put together a legitimate. I was thinking season. What would he's going to be an all star? I don't know. If, I don't know if the money works, but off the top of my head, what do you think about straight up Dennis Smith for Nikola Vucevic? I would not do that if I was the Mavericks. You for the Mavericks? Just because it doesn't make sense with your timeline. But. Once again, if it was me, if I'm the GM of the Mavericks, I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know that I'm looking for Nikola Vucevic because I don't think the Mavericks Especially, are good enough right sure, now. How old is sure Nikola Vucevic? I don't know. I'll look it I up. I think he's like 30 maybe. But like, Isn't he also a free agent? I'm not sure. But but at the same time, like, but also Nikola Vucevic next to DeAndre Jordan, like that. I don't know if that really works out. Yeah, you're right. That would not work out. So, I, so yeah, so I, I'd say no. He's 28 years I'd old. I'd say no as the, on the Mavericks. I, I'm going to agree with you on that. As much as we need to disagree as a podcast, I, I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, yeah. 
I, uh, that's that's a that would be a losing trade for the Mavericks. Aaron Gordon might work a little bit better for the Mavericks because he's younger and he would fit probably better next to to DeAndre Jordan. Um, so I think you think about that, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And yes, he's going to be a free agent this year. So mm-hmm. I don't know if teams necessarily want to trade for him. Exactly. When you could just pick him up in the offseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that definitely takes away from his value a little bit. Um, right. Want to move on from the Mavericks? Yeah. Let's okay. talk about uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and his canter. Tim Hardaway Jr. and my Knicks. Let's talk about, really quickly. Knicks. All right. So kind of diverging, I guess, from the trade deadline topic. Let's talk about the Ennis Cantor in England story. So that was interesting. Yeah, I don't so, know. I don't really know how to assess that. Yeah. Uh, so basically, if you if you haven't heard, the Knicks um, went overseas to play a game in England, and s- sort of the the maybe the most notable story from that is the fact that Ennis Cantor didn't go with them, not because he didn't want to or like because he was injured or something he didn't go because he was scared that there might be turkish spies or assassins waiting for him in england to kill him which <laughs> that's what <laughs> i don't know what to think of that i like when i think <laughs> that i don't think of laughter i'm like okay like that's pretty I, it's pretty serious i don't I, yeah. I, no, I feel like no way you can't respect his decision right no no oh, of course of course if i if that's me i'm not going if i'm because okay so, so more backstory. He's legitimately received death threats from the Turkish government. Essentially, they they filed for they they've released like an arrest warrant for him. So if they they took away his Turkish passport, if he was ever like in Turkey or if they got his their hands on him, he would be arrested. His father was sentenced to fifteen years of prison in prison in Turkey, and this is all because Enes Kanter is believed to have ties to like a terrorist organization in in turkey i believe and like the, the word terrorist there it's talking about like terrorism in the eyes of the turkish, of this gov- turkish government of the turkish yeah. government because apparently he like he funded he, he put a lot of funds into this operation to overthrow the government and then yeah. that operation that coup didn't work so he's so, on the losing side of that but he's yeah. in the united states making 20 20 million dollars a year yeah so i think he's kind of chilling but like, kind of good for Enos to have his priorities. Yeah, I, like, I kind of love him. He's definitely my favorite player on the Knicks. He is. Yeah, because he just plays with so much heart, and he yeah. has that kind of like drive and loyalty. It was kind of obnoxious when he was on the Thunder with the whole KD thing, but I kind of yeah. respect it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. And also, I think that he goes sort of a little bit under the radar now, given he's putting up. I guess you could say empty numbers because the Knicks are pretty trash. But but like, he can legitimately go out there and get you twenty and twenty. I was about to say that. Like, yeah, definitely. Except, like, he kind of kills you on the defense. On the defensive end, yeah. He, he cannot guard the pick and roll. Like, yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Like, he, he just kills you. No. That's that's why he didn't play in the playoffs for Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And as the NBA kind of shifted to more, like, kind of just switching and kind of exposing the mismatch, especially with guards on bigs, yeah. he kind of got killed. Like, him and Steven Adams were, like, neck, we're neck, were and, neck, neck. and neck. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... It, it came was, to where, like, oh, they're in the playoffs, and you're getting a switch onto James Harden or Steph Curry, mm. and who's going to be able to maybe hold his own? It's going to be Steven Adams. So Steven Adams has he, thrived in, in that yeah, change, and Ennis Cantor has taken a Ennis step back. Can, Ennis Cantor just, he just gets blown by every single time yeah. in the pick and roll, which is kind of annoying as an Knicks fan, but I, I still love him. Yeah. So so Tim Hardaway Jr. and Ennis Cantor are both 
can both be pretty high volume scorers. Enes Kanter is a great rebounder as well, and, and potentially could have some kind of role. Tim Hardaway Jr. as like maybe some kind of shooter, or you know, just like an added a team, a competing team that needs a wing player, or a guy that can spread the floor a little bit. He could be of some value. Now his contract, his contract's pretty big. No, not even his contract. But, I would say that I can't see Tim Hardaway being on like a championship team as like an addition. No, because no, his no, no, role no, on the Knicks because, is like. Take a lot of shots. He, he dribbles a lot, yeah. and he takes a lot, a lot of long twos, and just shots that aren't that great. But you don't have the guys on the team to take better shots, so yeah. they kind of just work. We haven't, we have. I mean, we've seen him in the last, in his the last, however many years of his career, for, play on the Knicks. So we don't really know how he would play in a different situation. Yeah, that's but, true. But yeah, I see the, I see your concern there in that. Who knows how you know he would fit into a team that's gotta. That's got you know other stars right and doesn't need him to be taking twenty shots in a game. Yeah, I, I just don't think he can be that spot up dude. Yeah, because I always feel like he's one of those guys that if you pass it to him in the corner, he's gonna take one dribble and then shoot the ball. Maybe, but like <laughs> at the same time, he's pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like even <laughs> even if like you don't want him to, I, I can understand like if you don't want him to do that, but. But if you think of him as you think of him as that guy, because that's kind of what he does, and he kind of does that pretty like he kind of does that pretty well. Yeah, I just don't think that that's going to be effective in a playoff setting. All right, he could right. maybe like catch fire and bail you out of one game, or he could just kind of like take you down with him. That's true. In one playoff game, which I don't know if you want that, unless you're like a lower seed and you just want to make a run. Like maybe the Hornets would maybe do that. But but do you think that now I don't, it, I don't know. What the so Knicks but a team receive. but a team that's like desperate for a score like maybe the Hornets or the Pacers come to kind of come to mind like a wing score, I think it could work out. Not I think to, the Pacers could work. I could see that because yeah. the Pacers are so like level headed and uh-huh. they could discipline efi- them efficient. Yeah. I think they could. Yeah. So so especially because Tyreek Evans. me of the Spurs. Tyreek Evans hasn't worked out. So that's facts. But so so I think we could both agree that these guys are. Could probably bring bring some pretty solid value, but they're not really part of the Knicks rebuild going forward. Yeah. So they could be traded. Then again, like, that's the idea. To summarize, like they are definitely tradable, and it would kind of make sense to trade them. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that they have that many suitors, except for Enos Cantor. There's been some talk with the Kings. I don't know what we, what the Knicks would get back. I would hope that the Knicks would maybe get back one of their random young guys. That would be awesome. Just like flip Enos Cantor for a piece of your future, like Justin Jackson. Yeah, like, like which like is ju- like, a, like know, Justin Jackson, like Harry Giles. That would be dope. I don't yeah. know if they would do that, but maybe yeah. they would. Honestly, I'm thinking of random young guys that aren't that yeah. valuable. Yeah, like because it's like we're not getting De'Aaron Fox yeah, or Buddy Heald. Obviously, yeah. obviously, but I think I feel like they wouldn't give us Bogdan or Bogdanovich. That would be crazy, but nah. that, that'd be sick. But I would say like maybe like Frank Mason and Justin Jackson. That that could be. A we thing. would take that. Whether they would give that up is a different question. Um, I think they could. Uh, okay, this one's this one's sort of more of like a personal you and me thing. I think it's just like let's get rid of Trevor Reza for the Wizards, please, because he's leaving you this off season. So try to get something for him at the trade deadline. That pretty much sums it up. Like yeah. the Rockets will take him back. The Rockets will definitely take him back. Yeah, like you be like. The Wizards should just get rid of him for literally anything, like anything you can give them. A second round pick done. Yeah, because it, it's it's gone. 
Yeah, it's gone. Your season, but, but some kind of some kind of team could use just him him as a three point shooter and, and defender in the playoffs. Yeah. Get him to a championship contender for, mm. I think maybe a first rounder, like the thirtieth overall pick, twenty ninth overall pick. I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm. I feel like that that has happened before, with with someone along those lines recently. I yeah. forget who. Um, another another similar kind of thing is, as like the Rockets needing pieces the Rockets kind of need a center and that's changed a little bit over the course of the last couple of days because it seems like then they might get uh Kenneth Fareed from the Nets yeah but but which they would have to give up nothing for because Kenneth, Kenneth Fareed is still on the Nets roster although he doesn't he's not cracking the rotation so if the Nets were 100% confident that a team could pick was going to pick Kenneth Fareed up they could just buy him out basically just let him walk and just like end their contract with him and they wouldn't have to pay him if he got if he got signed by a different team. Yeah. So if the Rockets picked him up, then they, then the Nets would just walk away with yeah. no loss. Because they they really need someone to replace Clint Capella for the next yeah. month until exactly. Clint Capella gets healthy. And <laughs> gets healthy. And 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 even though Kenneth Freed's only like six seven, he plays with sort of like a tenacity, ferociousness. Like he plays bigger than he is. So he he's gonna bring. A, a, like tenacity on the board and a tenacity like rolling to the basket that I think he can I think is very basketball. His defense, his defense would be like okay, right? Not not comparable to Clint Capella, but okay. I I, th- I think it'll I think it could work. And, and as a six seven guy who's like I think pretty quick and who's going to play his heart out, he might sort of fit their style of let's switch on everything. Like and they're like going to have like re- Tucker, three really similar bigs. They're going to have Kenneth Fareed, Nene. They're playing PJ Tucker. And, they started PJ Tucker at center last night, and the game before that they had Hilario. I forget his first name. That's Nene, Nene Hilario. Oh, I'm bugging, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah, because I saw that. I was like, "Who is that?" Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Nene. Nene. Hilario. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's up with his name because it's like sometimes just Nene, yeah. and sometimes like Nene Hilario. Yeah. All right, bro. Um, Whoops. Last name that comes to mind, honestly, is Torian Prince. Just as uh-huh. the Hawks feel like he's hit his ceiling, while other teams could say, look, this dude's only 24, and he's capable of being a wing guy who can defend and who can score mm-hmm. somewhat, like put, like give you like 13 on a very good team. I think yeah. that that could be very valuable. We're not, mm-hmm. not going to like sit here and like, completely think of every team that could use Torian Prince because one there's a lot of teams that could use Torian Prince and two we'd have to go through all the assets that the Hawks would look to get back but yeah. literally all the Hawks would want is for just a young asset and, exactly. and maybe maybe a pick just give them something because to contribute the thing to is, the rebuild because the thing right? is the Hawks are willing to undersell for Torian Prince mm-hmm. because they don't they've expressed that they don't want to be the team to pay Torian Prince yeah because he's he's a free agent this and season and he's definitely this season Pretty, is it he's a restricted season? free agent at some point over the next oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. year or two. Yeah, but like they, they don't want to be the ones to pay him because yeah. they know like the Brooklyn Nets are gonna throw him like sixteen million dollars. <laughs> of course, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. Nets are the Kings. It's always one of those two. Yeah, they're gonna throw him like sixteen million dollars, and the Hawks don't want to pay him that, which I think is smart. Yeah. I, I'm surprised more NBA teams just don't do that a lot, but I, I would say good for them. So that kind of it's partially because they've they've got cap room. The the Nets and the Kings. Yeah. That's true. The, 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 not that many <laughs> they always have do that. Room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Torian Prince is available. A team that could, again, a playoff team that could use a wing could use Torian Prince. The Lakers. 
Potentially. Potentially. And and I'd say so, like this or next year. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that would fit their timeline. Just like a much better Contavious Caldwell Pope. Tony Prince is a much better Contavious Caldwell Pope? Yes. It's amazing how much Contavious Caldwell Pope <laughs> has fallen off in the yeah. eyes of literally everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally everyone. <laughs> That's like it. like when they signed like when they like traded for Contavious or whatever like Casey when they traded or signed Casey or whatever it was like from the from the Pistons like he was like a legit dude and now <laughs> now he just got fifty dropped on him by Harden, which was rough entertaining. But yeah. like everyone was like, oh, it's Contavious Caldwell Pope's fault that they lost that game. They were partly referring to that air ball, but they're also referring to having James mm. Harden score like 30 something points on him alone but like I don't think you can blame him for that no I, no one can stop Harden right now <laughs> yeah no one can stop and, Harden and I think they I, I think it was like they jumped in a segment where like Scotty Pippen was talking about how he would defend James Harden which was like it's kind of stupid but <laughs> it, but I also watched it so I guess you know they got the clicks <laughs> they got but, the clicks um but but he said something that was maybe the most important thing he said was like it takes a team to stop James Harden. It's not just one guy. That's so, true. so, so he went through this whole spiel of like how he would force James Harden to his right and like let him attack the basket, but not get his threes off, which is smart. But like, if At so, least he's thinking about it. If it's not, so, it's not just like, like man, I would clamp that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and but what he said was so then you know I think it would, then T Mac was like all right, so you're just going to let your big get in foul trouble? And, and Scottie Pippen's like, well, someone's getting in foul trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, like, true. So, so it really does take a team to stop James Harden, so I don't think it's really fair to say. What, when you said someone's going to get in foul trouble, that reminded me of last night when Josh Hart was playing defense with his with hands, his hands behind, behind his back. back. Yeah, that so was so funny, man. If you and didn't then, go back, go look at go look up that clip. It was James. It was Josh Hart, who, shout out to Josh Hart, my boy from Villanova. Puts it, put his hands behind his back so that he couldn't, so that James Harden couldn't create a foul. Because if you have your hands out, James Harden James will just, Harden just throw his arms into, into you, you, into your arm, and you will get the foul call. Like, or is it you will get the foul called on you? James Harden will get free throws. You, that's how he's shooting twenty five free throws a game yeah. right now. And then, so he put his arms around his back, and Lance reached in, which is honestly, that's such a classic Lance thing to do. I mean, to be fair, James Lance Harden, played well in that game though. I mean, like Lance had a few big okay. threes. James Harden was gonna go get a bucket anyways. Yeah, because Josh Hart wasn't playing good defense. Which to is be fair, weird. Josh Hart did the thing that Scottie Pippen said though. He's like, he uh, he just stood on his left side, made him drive to his right, and, and let his big man get the get the foul call. And but the buddy the big man gave up the M one. Right? That was forty eight points. Yeah. So, so you know, so even Scotty, one of the best defenders little, of all time, a little tripping. Yeah. Little, all right. Just a little bit. Um. Let's talk about quick. One, a, a couple of teams that will always be in talks because they got a lot of people. They're big cities, and they got a lot of fans. Lakers and Celtics, two teams with the most championships of all time, who are kind of overflowing with young pieces at this point. The Lakers think they're getting everyone every year, so, yeah, and they never do except you know like LeBron and Danny Ainge is like <laughs> the best GM in, in the league right now, right? He's he's always. A danger to make something happen, yeah, that's and true. he's got so many like picks and young players. He's got so much like up his sleeves. Who knows? Honestly, but for both teams, I think the options are kind of limited, especially mm-hmm. the Celtics. I don't think they're gonna do anything unless like somehow Danny Ainge pulls off some Gordon Hayward magic, where he just trades Gordon Hayward. But I, I, I doubt I, that. I would put that under like one percent chance of happening. Gordon the Hayward thing, seems very unlikely. Yeah, the thing that I see that could happen would be trading Terry Rozier because yeah. the Celtics literally can't pay him 
They, yeah. And I could totally see Danny Ainge flipping him for like two second round picks because that's the ultimate Danny Ainge thing to do. And, and I would say that both Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown are two guys that if I'm Danny Ainge, I've got my eyes on as people that you would be willing to give up because that, that aren't untouchable. Like Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum are pretty untouchable. Definitely. Al Horford, pretty untouchable. Just like, because those are some of their like core guys and the most important guys to their identity as a team right now. Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier are being severely underused. They've got too many good players who need the ball in their I hands. I can't see them and, trading either of those. Though. Yeah, but just so just my my take on it would be that this probably this probably won't even happen. But as those guys are being severely underused, their trade stock is not going up. It's if anything, it's going down. Jalen Brown, if anything. Looks like he's regressed a little bit this season in terms of trade value because he's not he's just not getting the same touches that he was in the playoffs of last year, right? So the 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 moment that everybody got caught up in when they were you know when they won they were when they were winning series without Gordon Hayward or Kyrie has sort of Passed. ended, I guess, right? So so if I'm Danny Ainge, maybe I get rid of Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown. While I only I only see the Terry Rozier thing. I don't yeah. think I don't think anything else is gonna happen. Just like kind of built up. They would hype. only get rid of Jalen Brown for like Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's true. But Which, I, I don't think Anthony Davis is gonna get moved. I really I doubt, doubt it. He the Pelicans seem very attached to him, and I think unfortunately for for them and for him, I think he's gonna be stuck there till the end of his contract, and then I think there's a very good chance he leaves because the Pelicans yeah. are not gonna put a contender. Together around Who him. would you possibly trade Anthony Davis for? Don't don't answer that question. There isn't an answer to that question. How much? How much? If you're the Lakers, okay. Let's talk about just like in a random like scenario where where this has to happen. Someone's getting traded for Anthony. Like on the Lakers. If you're the Lakers, what are we? What are you giving up for Anthony? Like how much would you for give Anthony up Davis? for Anthony Davis? Oh, how much would you be? This? How much would you be willing to give up? Um, like would yeah. you give up Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon, Brandon Ingram? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. All right. And you're talking about two of the top five dudes in the league, right? Two. two uh, as in LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think I do that, that too. That puts you on Warriors mm-hmm. level, which is sad that that only puts you on the level of them. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. They also, yeah. There'd be two teams with two of the top five players. Yeah. Like, I didn't like LeBron going to the Lakers because it didn't feel like a winning move. And it also would destroy the Lakers' future. And that's kind of bound to happen. So I think you might as well just get it over with instead of trading everyone when LeBron's 38. Exactly, yeah. So, I think that both both the Celtics and the Lakers have basically... The only reason that I could see this trade, these trades happening, and I think it's even worth thinking about, is that both of these teams are at the top of their respective conferences in terms of contenders. Both of these teams are serious threats to upset the Warriors and, and make, the make the championship slash win the championship. So... If they're really trying to commit to that and do that, they could cash in some of their young assets for someone who's going to help them do that this year. Yeah, the thing is, the Celtics don't need that. It, it would Ex- only be the Lakers. <laughs> I don't think they should. They could. They yeah. could, not they should. I feel like we would be hearing more stuff about the Lakers if something mm-hmm. was going to happen. I understand the trade deadline's in 17 days, and probably by day eight left then everyone's the world's just gonna explode being like this guy should be traded this guy should be traded 
However, mm. I just think like a lot of it is so much hype and not actual product that yeah. I don't know if the Lakers are gutsy enough to pull the trigger this year. Agreed. Yeah. All right. What are the, any other names you want to hit on rumors? Do you want to do the Instagram post of the week? We're, we're, we're running late on time, but yeah, we yeah. can do that. All right. In the meantime, really quick, let's talk about I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about Embiid and Westbrook. Uh, as you oh, find, yeah. As you find yeah let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Pull it, pull it up while we're waiting. Uh, or, it, yeah, or, or, okay. or we can do that a different. Yeah, I, yeah. Find it, I'll post. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Talk about Joel Embiid and Russell. So there's a little bit of a history between Joel Embiid in that the last time. That, so the Thunder and and, and, um, and Sixers played last night. This, the Thunder won in the last sort of few seconds of the game. Crazy ending. Super entertaining to watch. Um, in their last matchup, the Thunder won in overtime, and a- as he was walking out of the arena, Russell Westbrook gave Embiid a little wave goodbye. Earlier this season, Joel Embiid put Russell Westbrook on a crazy poster where Russell Westbrook tried to take a charge, and then that all sort of mounted up until this game. Jo- Joel Embiid gets fouled on a three-pointer by Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook fouls out. And Joel Embiid gives Russell Westbrook a little wave goodbye as he as he you know walks to the bench, and in this game, Russell Westbrook goes up for a shot on the break or maybe for a pass. He has the ball, and Joel Embiid is going up for the block and sort of comes down on Russell Westbrook. Look up this clip if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth it's worth watching because it's very controversial whether that was Embiid trying to stir up something, trying to be physical. Or if it was just an accident, and now I might be a little bit biased because I love Joel Embiid, but I think this was like, I think this was an accident. I don't think that he was he had malicious intent, and that. And I want to hear what you say about that. Okay, I completely agree with what Russell Westbrook said. He was asked something along the lines of, "What was up with that play? Do you think he? Do you think that was okay?" Or was it just an accident? It's like, no, it, it wasn't an accident. Of course that's going to happen. But when he landed, he put he put a little extra on it. Talking about like a little extra kind of physical Push. bump. And that is true. You can see it as he comes down. He extends his arms a little bit. And I think that's a little bit sus. But like that could also be just him trying to, to sort of stop his fall. So I have to disagree with you. I think that like... Again, this is a seven. Uh, this is like Joel, a seven foot, okay, like no, Joel Embiid, two hundred fifty pound. Joel dude Embiid is soft, bro. Like Joel Embiid. Okay, soft along the lines of he gets himself in his feelings. To where, like after the game, he said Russell Westbrook gets in his feelings. I think Joel Embiid kind of. But flipped. Russell Westbrook's the one who's getting mad about this. Joel Embiid was like, "All right, you know." Yeah, whatever. because why would Joel Embiid get mad because he shoved Russell Westbrook? Well, jo- well right, because the thing this Russell Westbrook is like. Are, somebody, a reporter asked Russell Westbrook, like, are you cool with Joel Embiid? And he's like, F no. Right, so like... I wouldn't if, either. But the thing is, so so gu- so guess who's getting in his feelings, though? Russell Westbrook. Just, Joel Embiid was like, yeah, all right. Are we... Co-? Like, I, Joel Embiid just didn't, didn't, like, lash back with a, with a, like, response of, like, no, like, let's meet up in the lock... Like, of course, like, let's meet up in the, like, hallway to the locker room. He, he's not going to tell that yeah. to the media, bro. But he's not... But my point is, Russell Westbrook had to go to the media and whine about it. He didn't while... have to whine. That, that wasn't whining. The, the, he said, the, the, reporter, no. the, the reporter asked. Yeah, but, 
but he could have just said he could are said you yes. cool are you he said he could have said are you cool with him and he'd be like i'm gonna go talk to joel i'm gonna go that i'm gonna go to, make that sure that would lead to so many more questions i don't know i don't think i'm gonna side with joel on this i think that the way that he came he was literally in russell westbrook looks like he's going for the shot joel Embiid is off of his feet okay that that's he's innocent leaping, basketball he's leaping play. towards that's the normal baseline, basketball play and all of a sudden russell westbrook is like falling on the ground joel Embiid hasn't touched him yet and then he's sort of like you know sort of falling over like on his knees and then joel Embiid just like comes over and quote unquote like clobbers him as the announcer said okay. and just like the crushes him basically okay it makes sense that he falls on him because joel Embiid was in the air seven feet 250 pound dude and like joel it's Embiid gonna jumps all it's gonna happen however that's that's he what went like this he went like this if, if but it, wasn't, on audio but it podcast, wasn't like I'm, a... I'm outstretching my arms right now but but do you think that he is He's the aware but do you think that he is the awareness in a split second where he stops i think he goes back that's to, instinct though i know exactly no that goes back to his most like innate instincts to where, yeah like, exactly no his, his his like in his head he doesn't have time to rationalize and be like oh i probably shouldn't do this he was like but ah. but i don't think he's pushing russell westbrook because over he's russell westbrook to be to like hurt him i think he's pushing russell westbrook over because like dang i'm about to fall and there's something in my way like <laughs> like he's pushing him over like not to like throw him out of the way and like try to break russell westbrook's nose he's trying to do it because it's like natural instinct as a human being as you're coming down as a seven foot 250 pound dude to like be careful of what you're about to land on I, I, we can go back and forth but i disagree i, I, think, I disagree okay fine <laughs> okay uh, yo meet me it, in the meet me in the locker room after this <laughs> no nah, we're not cool um okay no we're not cool. if you're if you're uh listening right now Go comment right now on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Let us know on YouTube or what you think. Is it Westbrook's? Is it Westbrook overreacting? Or let's put, we'll did put Joel this up, mean to do this? We'll put or this up both. on Instagram. We'll pull, we'll leave a poll on our we'll story. Leave a poll on Instagram. Let us know. Go vote on that at Space the Floor. Tweet podcast. at us too. DM us. Let yeah. us know what you think. And this leads us to our perfect last segment. We don't have time because we're already at minute forty-two for a full fifteen-minute Instagram, Instagram post, post of the day. Yeah. However. Hopefully you haven't seen this. For the past two games, not the one that just happened, yeah. but the second most recent and the third most recent. I think recent, I was going to say. How, how, how many? Yes. Okay. How, how many of James Harden's po- How many of James Harden's 115 points in the last two games have been on assist? Zero. Which is that's that's kind that's of insane. Right? I told my mom like, that, and James, she was surprised, and James like she Harden, doesn't even know what James an assist Harden is. Is one of the best shot creators of all time for sure that's what that 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 just speaks to like it also speaks to mike d'antoni's system that they're just really relying on this one dude however it's also just he created 115 points out of nothing (laughs) it's not like like clay thompson all of his buckets are off of assists Hmm. where james harden none of them he's the best shot creator of no okay of all time no he is one of the best shot creators of all time that that is what those stats tell me they scream that very much out loud yeah. I just wanted to bring that up for our Instagram post of the day. That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Scoring 115 points. So that's, that's a 58-point game and a 57-point game. Neither of them were any of his points assisted on. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Anytime much. they want a bucket, they're like, all right, James Harden, either you score or you're going to pass the person who's scoring. Or we don't score. Or, yeah, those or, are, or, those or we don't score. Those are the three options yeah. in Mike D'Antoni's offense. All right. All right. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And we hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. If you're listening on YouTube, leave a like, like and, and subscribe. subscribe. Yeah, that, that'd be <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. And we hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening. My name is Connor Gill. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace.